So welcome to Effective Change, a podcast sharing the journeys of people who have created social impact. So at Effective Change, we question the meaning of effective social impact and find out how these social entrepreneurs have found their own ways to run a social impactful business. So hi, I'm Natalie, and we have Consuela here with us today, and we are hosting today's episode. We hope you're doing well today. In this episode, we'll have a chat with Thomas, who is the co-founder of Puzzle Planet. So Puzzle Planet is a social game and the only digital world built by taking in the real world, which is amazing, by the way. And that the Puzzle Planet game app actually enables players and friends to join activities through videos that make real life positive on planet Earth. Whilst at the same time earning sports tokens and generating a puzzle first full of unique NFTs called puzzles. So Puzzle Planet is also coming soon to App Store and Google Play. So please all listeners, audience, keep an eye out for that. So Thomas, welcome and thank you so much for speaking with us today. And we're so excited to learn more about you and Puzzle Planet. Hi guys, uh, thank you for having me. Start off, we have asked Thomas to prepare two truths and one lie about himself, just as a fun way to start to actually get to know him as a person before his work. So Thomas, can you tell us your two truths and one lie? And between Consuela and I, we'll get... Okay, yeah, so it's in no particular order. I love apples. I spent some of my, most of my childhood in India growing up, and I once left the PhD program to pursue a contract as a musician. I'm going to go for the first one because usually the simplest one could be a lie. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you've got like a big bank of, Tom- of experience, Thomas. So I'll agree with Consuelo on this one. Apple will be the lie. <laughs> the Apple hater. Yeah, that's right. I gave myself up. Of course, it's, uh, it's the first one. I like apples, but I don't like the fact that they like they turn brown. So I have to almost, I don't know, obsessive uh, compulsive disorder around apples. Uh, I actually like juices and I like, I use them for juicing. But uh, yeah, apples are just not my, my thing. Uh, I have had this scare since I, was, since I was a kid. So when I was in preschool and something, people would, they would actually run after me within like a half in apple and they would just scare me off and I'll be screaming like insane. So yeah, I hate apples. But the rest is true. I spent a good part of my childhood in, in India uh, as a kid and moving around, but also staying in different places with my family. And yeah, I actually started out my career in research and thought I was going to be research and into the PhD program. And But I actually left that a couple months in because I... I got a record contract as a musician. Uh, so that's also been part of my life. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. But, you know, you do get a bit of, like, you do like apple juice and things like that. So you're not missing out too much, obviously, with your background as well. That's amazing that you spent some time in India, as well as having done a PhD before doing the things you're doing right now. So which leads swiftly to Puzzle Planet. So mm-hmm. could you tell us more about what Puzzle Planet is, with the focus on how you and your team are creating social impact? Yeah, so I think it is kind of like a hybrid between a social app and like a social network app. And not in the sense of traditional game that it's, it's by animation video is a core part of it, but it's structured around like these incentives and around a social token or a cryptocurrency. And me and my co-founder Johanna have been building for the past yeah, nearly two years and we had that in private beta and was about to launch actually in this September, the very successful beta just. But we see some really, really interesting things happening right now. Yeah, maybe some of your listeners have been following what's happening in the crypto space right now around NFTs and these new possibilities of building companies in a new way. But yeah, we are a social platform in that sense. You uh, you come onto the Puzzle Planet app to add your 
videos to these chains where people inspire people and the whole point of the app is to support behavioral change and we believe or not believe but that's kind of like our research in behavioral sciences that we do stuff because we know it's right but actually the strongest motivator for behavioral change is what we call social diffusion and that's kind of mimicking. So what we do as persons and when we alter our, our behaviors, it's mostly because we see somebody in our, like in media, like social circles, right? It could be our family, it could be our friends and especially friends. So we start mimicking people like monkey see, monkey do. And that's actually what drives us to change behavior. So what we're doing is, is creating a platform that makes it fun and, and, and also easy to start living a sustainable lifestyle or not start, but keep on doing and be motivated around it. And that was kind of like the, the core concept of the, our previous project, Impactor. And now with this tokenization, we're also bringing in another motivator, which is kind of like ownership. But it's mostly also because we want to build a platform that has gained where users or the community actually can get access. So the more people use it, the bigger owners they share, they get in the platform because the whole economy and the whole distribution of value in the, in the app concept or in, in our company is now based on our native token. Thank you very much for that introduction. Consuela, do you have any questions from your end? No, not so far. I do have loads of questions, but I think they're all going to be asked later on. Oh, so, so going back to creating, what do we see this as, as a social impact? Actually, Johanna and I, when we started out, we, we actually started out wanting to create a marketplace for sustainable products and brands, right? So that was kind of like, okay, let's build an Amazon for sustainability. But what we actually, our research led us into, like the social media space is actually seeing that we believe what we started to look into stuff and seeing that like the next wave of how we interact with content and how we, we are as consumers is actually not based on search it's based on exploring or entertainment and that's kind of what led us into this to the social media space and now we're then again <laughs> pivoted into more this behavioral stuff of course brands has kind of a place in this universe we're building but not as in the terms of advertising but the whole gameplay of the app is that when you go into the app you will be coming to the discover page where you can see earth spinning and what you can do is you can you can zoom in on that. And as you zoom, it will become a smart map. So you will see where people, different people in all over the world are actually creating these challenges around like sustainability. Everything from going to a climate march to take cold bath for mental health. So it's, it's positivity, it's sustainability in the broad sense. But imagine you being in the smart the snap map from Snapchat and you can then toggle around and then you can join these challenges. And once these challenges, they get enough like people behind them, then they will spawn off and become their own planets. And that's kind of the gameplay because once you start adding your video, you bec become part owner of what will eventually become an NFT that is tradable. So you, you, you will see pass or a native token for adding content to these puzzles. And in the end, when the puzzle is done and it's completed, then it will become an NFT and everybody that's contributed, will they will gain ownership according to how much activity they did to complete the, the, the game. So you can say, yeah. And then you can use the, our tokens to actually, you need, if you are not part of the original founders of a, of a puzzle planet before it spawns off, then you can buy tickets, right? So you can use your this in-game token to actually buy tickets if you want to be part of, I don't know, the next a beach cleaning planet. So we want to create a universe of all these actions going on different places in the world. And But you don't have to be in, let's say, in, in Copenhagen to be part of a clean the beach activity. You can actually be part of the same challenge, but you can do it all over the world. So that's kind of like the whole idea of what we're doing. But then again, it's not just a metaverse. These videos, are, each puzzle represent a real video. So that's kind of how we want to link it, backlink it to, to the real world in that sense. And that's, like you said, like our tagline is kind of the only digital world created by 
taking action in the real world is kind of like what we want to be our tagline once we get advice, I guess. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that, Thomas. Mm. And I guess like building on from, you mentioned a little bit about how maybe the user side interacts with Puzzle Planet, but mm. can you tell us a bit more about how the business model aspect works? at PuzzlePanda and I guess like how do you aim to sort of balance the profitability with the social impacts made through the Mm. interaction of all the different users? Yeah, so the business model is so in order to, for example, access planets you want to contribute to or be part of, then you need to to buy the token in that sense. So that's kind of like the transactional. But then there's also the possibility of motivating others, right? So you can actually stake or you can pledge POS uh, tokens to motivate e- either people going in and joining one of these planets, but also like just individual taking. So you can say, hey, well, I want naturally to start eating more, <laughs> more veggies and then I'll actually give you, let's say, five POS for doing that or starting challenge right so that's kind of it there's different ways of creating demand for this token and then there then these nfts are going to be tradable so that could either be somebody what actually wants to buy the nft because they will be tied to some parameters so so based on on the actions they will have different color schemes and they will become art in the sense so they, they can be traded bringing in brands and organizations our idea is that they come into the universe they bypass and then they say okay i'm a brand i'm coca-cola bad example but let's use it Coca-Cola said, if you pick up, let's say, 20 cans of Coke, then we'll give you eight pass or something like that. So they can start challenges and that's kind of how they buy in. And how that's linked to to impact, I would say, I think it is in that sense that all the actions on the app will have a sustainable art theme for, for them all. So in this sense, it can provide an income, right? So we're really inspired by some of these crypto games that emerged last year, especially one called Axie Infinity. But it's really interesting to see that that people are actually making a living on just playing a game because they are earning these in, these different income streams by playing a game because they can then trade the assets they win inside the game to fiat currencies. So that's kind of also a way we can provide an impact, but it's more on the ownership part. You can say what we did with making our company based on the token is we took it public from day one. So essentially, there's only going to be minted 1 billion POS tokens and they represent a share of our company. So you as a player, you actually go gain access to this ownership based on your contributions and how much you use the, the platform. Right, okay. I guess in a weird terms of sense, the sort of users using like the content creators of people creating their contents on Puzzle Planet, they are like your employee, but like in terms of having this cooperative mindset where having interacted on Puzzle Planet, having that ownership, would you say that that's like a cooperative sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it is kind of like it's fine in the crypto space is what they call a decentralized autonomous organization. But it is, a, in fact, just a on-chain cooperative. Right now, we are a private company. But what we want to do is once the token gives you access to ownership, but it will eventually also give governance. So we want the users or the community that uses the app to form how where the app is. We have a treasury right now. So we are actually doing kind of like we have a fiscal policy. Which, so, so we can incentivize different behavior, different gameplay, right? And we want the community community that's that's part of it to have a saying that or, or govern that essentially like a national state and we can do that on scale because of the using the blockchain for these, these purposes of automation but also carrying trust and being transparent that's one thing 
But also while we're building it, we set up a 20% of the distribution of the tokens is in what we call a build-to-earn program. So right now we have people working outside our core team actually contributing to building Fossil Planet in terms of anything from marketing to app development that are, they are actually working based on earning these tokens. So instead of paying people, you can call them volunteers right now because we're giving them token that has no value, but it might have in the future. So it is kind of a cooperative way of building a store startup and then this closed walled garden where as a company try to be in a box and then come up to the world and then get get users. And of course, if you're building something for any business, if you're building something for your customers, then you ought to listen to your customers. But are we taking that to extreme? So I don't know, we talked about like we've been internally using the words like users but i would much rather prefer the concept of community and i know a lot of businesses like uber talk about our community of drivers but i think that's kind of taking that concept of community to the extreme because it's not a community they are actually just a labor force but i actually think there's possibilities because there's this this ownership and i I think that's kind of what what was really interesting to us because we actually talked about this johanna and i started building puzzle planet almost three years ago right we had this like end game or tokenized economy because obviously we heard about blockchain technology and oh, maybe we can make an impact, a token. And that will be like when we get really big, like Amazon big, then, then we'll make our own cryptocurrency just like Facebook also talked about. But we actually flipped it around and say, okay, let's make the social currency, let make that be the base and then build a platform on top of that. So that's the realization we got. Yeah, the past, we had time and when we were finalizing the beta test and doing a lot of survey work, doing a lot of focus group with our initial beta users and then we got a lot of feedback we had some time to reflect on how the business model aspect because we had this idea about hey we want to actually bring in people should we then incentivize some of the top creators on the platform by giving them equity in in the startup right and that's really hard to do but we were looking into these different solutions where you can crowd give out normal equity but then again, what's happened in that crypto space, I like to define it as Web3 because crypto, it sounds like Bitcoin, but it's so much more than Bitcoin. It's actually more about the ownership. So that is this journey we've, we've been on this summer. We made we took this really tough decision to pull the brakes on uh, releasing impact and go back to the drawing board in the sense that we're designing the app so we could actually utilize the mechanics of the token in a much better way than trying to plaster it onto a quote-unquote normal video app that was actually then kind of evolved out of Web2 or what we've seen socials have been for the past 10 years or something like that. I guess just like picking up very hands on. So mm. we mentioned a lot about some some of the monetization and sort of the of cryptocurrency. So how would you leverage between people actually wanting to make social impact versus mm. doing it for the sake of earning a bit more? How would you leverage that? Oh, have you thought? <coughs> yeah, yeah, and I think it's a really interesting dynamics, right? But shouldn't good deeds be more worth more than bad? It's kind of like the counter, right? So actually, people do stuff for different motives. Right. And you can say, yeah, is there anything like truly altruistic? If I'm doing something, maybe I will do it to look good in a social setting. Right. So I think these dynamics is always into play. It just comes up front. But we actually had this, we've been looking into this because then people are like, what you can do around the tokens is actually saying that you can structure these gameplays or these incentives in a way that it's not just people are rushing in, oh, thinking about, oh, this could be 
to the moon. Everybody's speculating. Okay, let's get in. And when enough fools get in, then I'll I'll get out, and then they will lose the money, and I'll I'll get rich, right? So you can you can actually structure these incentives to stipulate. Okay, this is what, this is our plan. This is what we're going to build. This is how the token is going to work. This is how we're going to create value with the token, and all these kind of things. And what we had is actually we had 35 people come in and actually proofread it and add it to it, and they were then given tokens. But these tokens, they they want it's not tradable right now. It will become tradable within the next two months or so. But what we actually did is saying that a portion of those tokens, they are vested, right? So they can't unlock them before, let's say, in half a year. So we are trying to give these incentives for people to view the token as ownership and giving this like utilities that goes beyond just, well, now I've got two pos and now it's worth five cents and now I'm, I'm quick and, and I'm going to exchange it and get five cents, right? So, so it's more about actually kind of like gaming on these ownership. We had also had people who tried to say, okay, let's, let's give the first like 3,000 people that signs up for a wallet and a pass. Let's give them an, a special NFT. And of course, a lot of people just rushed in. Oh, we want an NFT. And they were just like free NFT, right? Because they thought it would be something like any other NFT that would go to the moon and they would become rich overnight. So there are, of course, these incentives, but I think they can be used in a really good manner for governing. But yeah, it's something we, we, we are learning as we're doing it. So of course, we need the, you need to balance that act of incentives. It just gets really, really upfront. And I think, actually think that might be a good idea because all these kind of like motives are lingering in the background, but this really makes it really clear. Hard one to say anything conclusive around, but yeah. No, I think it's very interesting. I think in terms of like, it's all about consumer behavior, isn't it? And how psychologically everyone's motives and it's like how their yeah. motives are all different. And I guess like moving to another solo section here. So you've mentioned some key learnings you made. I was wondering whether you can share how your past experience have helped shape Puzzlebanner to date and since the numerous pivots that you guys had and what have you learned along your journey? A lot of stuff. Specifically in terms of, I think one of the biggest aha moments I had is actually more than 18 months ago when we started uh, building impact of the pre-sale to a fossil planet we really fast got a product in market maybe it wasn't not even an mvp or minimal viable product it was just a product anyways but johanna and i both have, have a heavy background in, in research and sustainability space and we were a lot about facts 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 and like sdgs making a social media that was really facts based and blah 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 and what we figured out or not figured out but learned from from the beta testing but also just facts yeah matter but like i said again the most important thing is these like more cultural or social things if you want to move things and i think i can't remember where i sort of quoted saying like cultural shifts are as if not more important than technological shifts in determining new markets and i think that's kind of like a lesson learned that that it is actually goes back to culture it is kind of like these social settings and what we do in a social setting that's going to move and stuff right in that sense and where does culture starts yeah it is institutions it is laws and then we learn right so we have i think people they they do and then they learn we don't learn and do we might think like rationalize that well i did that because uh, it's obvious that's the right thing but no i think the brain works in another way like we have a, a really bad ability as humans to think retrospectively and then that sense like yeah that makes totally sense when and when we did it there are so many like underlying motives at play that we can't say it was that piece of knowledge and i think okay, that's kind of one of the big early discoveries and then we've just been been adding on to see that come and play at what we're building right so being in that daring to say okay and i think we have had like to write these think pieces I'm, I'm i'm going to release a think piece on our blog in the next week or something like 
the next big thing is going to look like a toy because I think Johanna came out of, she's an aerospace engineer for the first my co-founder, right? So she's been in the wind energy space and now we are working and building something that could look like a toy, right? So I think that's kind of like moving into this cultural space, I think has been really one of the eye opening. And that's, I think that's kind of like what our social entrepreneurs do, need to do. And I actually don't, I think a lot of our social entrepreneurs or whatever we want to call them actually has this in them, like baked into culture because it's like, it's not built on like these business rationalities. Business, they also, business runs after culture. And you can see that right now in the whole crypto space, right? So like, there's a lot of money following culture. And that's also why I like the NFTs. It's just like kids sitting in the, at the computer figuring out stuff that and leveraging meme, meme culture. And then money will follow, right? So in that sense, I think that's really powerful. And I think I think a lot of social entrepreneurship is, is based on indignation, right? Actually, my, my initial research was around figuring out what social entrepreneurship was. The traits I can see in some of the really successful founders is that they're super open and they have been exposed to a lot of different cultures and a lot of different perspectives, right? So in order to build stuff or to formulate programs or be nuanced enough to understand the complexity of problems because in order to, to solve a problem, you need to understand how rooted they are in culture. Thank you very much for like sharing your key learning. So, and I completely agree with the sort of cultural influences that should be considered, particularly those like thinking to work in more of a social entrepreneurial space, because it's the community aspect that raises their awareness um, mm-hmm. of doing more and like inspiring more people with that. It's actually making that community bigger and making yeah. it larger in the future. I guess over to you, Consuela. Thank you. Thomas, I really resonated with the part you said as a social entrepreneur, maybe it's when you get angry about something or you think something that needs to be changed, then mm. you go do something about it to make sure it actually it has an impact and the world gets mm. better. So how would you define effective social impact then? I think, first of all, we need to see impact. It's contextual, right? So actually, that's kind of like also left the PhD program I was working in because I had this idea. I want to make a model where you can we can measure impact on a company level. And then mm-hmm. I found out that then it obviously is super complex. So it might be easier now because we just have access to technology that can scale this complexity and kind of like AI and stuff that can look across these data sets. But I think there's like different levels to social impact, right? There's like the immediate level level that could be on a service service level right where you sell a good or do a service that leverage a pain point right it could be anything from an alternative to plastic straws to a service that provides education to kids where that this is not affordable or it's not accessible right so that's kind of like one layer and then the next layer is more just on a more organizational level where you actually start to provide a new business model for that thing right so the one thing is like bringing a straw to a market, right, and, and substituting it, but it can be done different ways. At the same time, you can also bring school or education to deliver that service. And then I think the third level is like systemic change where you actually start, and that's where you actually start to, I would say, to affect culture, right, and create new institutions, right. So that can could be anything from new ways of doing businesses or even like legalities or, or legal frameworks or one. And now a law that actually provides you know, some of these services by default, like saying okay, education might be provided by a social entrepreneur. And let's say, I'm just, I'm just spitballing, right? But then let's say in a, in a township in South Africa, right? There's no, actually no schools right, providing the service, but at some point, some social entrepreneur crazy enough to do something about this actually figures out a way to actually provide these services and, and then actually get a sustainable way of, of funding this. And that then there's the resources. And at some point, actually, 
then the politicians wakes up and say, oh, this is actually a good idea. Maybe we should provide <laughs> provide education, right? Or or at least support locals that are. I think one of the most important things is 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 the underlying like a theory of change, right? Is does it make sense that if you are put X into this black box of change, Y would come out, and how is that reasonable? And that, but that's what I can from the aspect because I need we need knowledge, and I think. One of the things I, I think is that we actually have a lot of the building bricks, right? We actually know what to do. We know what actually works with like health and we know what is works within education. But sometimes we actually need to organize it in the right format in order to bring it to the first layer, which is kind of like a service or product level, right? So it's about like, having a steady theory of change. So that it actually makes sense. So like just from first principles, right? If I do A, they will need to B. And I think pretty much a lot of stuff makes sense, right? There's no science actually supporting that claim, right? So that's one thing. And then I think what is really important is additionality, right? So it's something that isn't provided for or isn't provided right now or add something to it, right? So I think that's super important concept. If you want to say, does it have an impact, right? Because some things are provided. I would suggest like in country I live in Denmark, we have had a long tradition for public schools school system that are well-funded, right? So so bringing in new ways of, of bringing in education might not have that big an impact in Denmark because it's really well one. I'm not saying it can't be, but then there might be the impact would be let's do something that will not replace the existing system, but inspire the existing system because that could just scale. You have a machine, right? Whether it's like if it's in place like, I don't know, even it's right, or South Africa, and there's no school, put in a school, huge impact, right? So so that's kind of like theory of change and, and the concept of additionality is really important when you want to discuss if something has a big or small impact. Uh, I think those concepts are kind of like your first principles and then you need to measure. Uh, just know, to, like, when we were discussing just now, we're kind of, would you agree that it's like kind of starting from something small? It's, it's very much the examples of, you know, creating an alternative plastic straw and then you go on to create a product and then it becomes a bigger change. So it always seems that we go from small things to big then and kind of a bigger change has been actually created. Yeah, but I think it's both, right? But but I think I, I truly believe in, in when we're talking like that there's these tipping points where, where systems get changed when enough people do it, right? It's kind of like we have like this, I think it's called technological diffusion curve, right? We have the innovators mm-hmm. that will start using the straw and then they will start then they will be enough of them to say be not annoying not in a local bar to say hey i don't want these plastic straws i want something that's compostable and then the shopkeeper will say okay you're too annoying let's put in these straws and then they become accessible for a lot more people and then at some point they become industry standard right and i think that's kind of how changes it's similarly the system the big system saying oh we need to change and then they will immensely they will start changing because it's just counterintuitive i think when you're sitting on top of something then it's really really hard to actually figure out or or see the flaws in that system right it's it's not because people are wicked or stupid for that fact it's just a matter of like where you have kind of like the needed vision to see or that you need to you feel an urge or need that something has to change right i guess like so next question is impacts do you see puzzle planet making in the future and i guess how can our audience actually get involved oh yeah okay so like i think like i said our approach to to impact is really broad 
that's not just about climate change, of course. That's that's kind of one of the big topics right now, and a lot of where people can do individual stuff. So the whole concept of the, is the app to make it easy for people to to uh, to chip in 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 their everyday lives, right? So and and what they do is to document it by video, and that's motivating others, but also like call to action, but not just so that's kind of like what we think uh, impact that can do. And like I said before, uh, tipping points, so that that these individual actions will lead to tipping points. And now plan is to start measuring these. Some of these scenarios are do right. So if you join this puzzle, you need to change your energy provider to something that's green. You change your subscription, and then we can actually measure how many people do that. Yeah, when we did the beta test of impact, there was like life hacks around mental health, right? They're going out, connecting with nature, right? How can you measure that? I don't know. It's not probably not measurable, but in a sense, but it's, it's it's still part of the part of, of what our app will provide. So that's kind of also why we have our token is called positivity. So it's like going back to what I said, like let's let's make all the good stuff worth something, which is not what they are right now. We have a tendency in the system created by I don't think we did it by design, but it's how it evolved to actually have a tendency to 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 award stuff that's bad for, for us collectively, right? What I really think we can do and creating dilemma like miracle of the commons because I think what is on an underlying problem is like been in like since the 60s I can't hide even something like a I think he's actually an anthropologist or maybe he's a biologist anyways he, he coined this concept called the metrics of the commons which he says that like okay people we are basically just prone to eat our own feet because we are just short-term thinking so people are not incentivized to do good stuff because they can see okay but if I do good stuff the others will just do bad stuff so it doesn't really matter what I do so let me just continue doing bad stuff but I actually think like building like this interconnected people and, and actually seeing that you are in a sociality where people are doing good stuff, then it will actually create these miracles of the commons where we actually start long, long-term thinking. And that's also why I think like this is super exciting with the crypto- cryptocurrency because then we actually, like we talked about before about, okay, incentivizing <laughs> good, bad, what kind of behavior we'll get. I think we'll get to that long-term thinking, right? So we can actually start a war behavior we like and, and then not worrying behaviors or brands actions that we don't want more of so let's let's get more of the stuff we want and less of the stuff we don't want on a more voluntary basis so that's kind of like what impact sorry <laughs> what puzzle planet can provide and i guess like um, how can our audience get involved? oh yeah first of all you can just go to our website called the www.puzzleplanet po sets at elplanet.com and uh, you can join our discord because right now we are we are running it out of discord if you haven't downloaded a cryptocurrency we can be your on-ramp to that to that universe so we are actually giving out posts for people to join our community right now so we have all the starter pack where we get a small amount of, of posts and as like i said we also have a built to earn program so if you want to get involved in this space uh, yeah even if you're a designer you're a programmer you like to work with people build community there's also opportunities to actually help build puzzle plan and then we will reward you by but with pass right so you can be part of it and if you want to sense think this kind of like this crypto sustainability space is, is interesting please join us because we need any we need people to do anything from reviewing blogs contributing with content building the app by right? uh, helping the team so we are core team like i said maybe said over four five people right now we are adding slowly adding more people to the core but we also have this this what we call a guild which is this kind of like con- contributor community where people can come from outside and 
and chip in with what they have and, and be excited about it. So I would say the first thing is that join our Discord because that's kind of where we, we are. We're running our community right now. So that's a, that's my call to action. <laughs> yeah, no, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and all the links will be shared. I guess to summarize and sort of end this podcast, from a personal perspective, Thomas, if you have one piece of advice for our audience interested in starting a social enterprise, what would it be? Besides like the kind of the corny stuff, just do it. Uh, I don't know. Don't think as much about how it can be a good business idea if it's like social entrepreneurship. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, how do we make uh, social entrepreneurs more business savvy or anything? But I think like if you have find a problem, there's a way to fund it and then you can find a business model. Is that a commercial business model? Is that a non-for-profit business model? It doesn't really matter. But you need to figure out, find something that you care about. And like I said, going back to that kind of indignation or something you get excited about, right? It could be the solution. It could also be the problem. And single in on that and then try to understand as many as possible so it's get get something in the marketplace to use that term right it doesn't have to be perfect you can have a product from day one like we, we have a product right now it's our token and it would eventually go into the platform but but it doesn't mean that we'd be just sitting behind our desks introverted now we are trying to figure out how we can we can provide value right now and i think that's kind of like the, the first step is to figure out how to provide value really early on because then you get you get people excited and that's what you need in order to build anything you can't do it alone right so you need people to get on board and that could be different that could be team it could be teammates it could be a community of provider i think like leveraging like the power of community is, is i think is, is the most important thing not only for social entrepreneurship but for any type of entrepreneur now right because we have this these amazing tools right now uh, this connectivity at dispersed right so they can be dispersed really easy and, and also saying you if you want to build, build something something technically it's actually possible right so many no no code solutions and and way to scale like i also saw, saw this post- podcast that set, certainly set up a notion page right which makes it's much more scalable mm, thank yeah, you very much thomas but i think that that's it right there get it out there lean in and 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 then get people involved right and don't be afraid afraid to share and and be do stupid stuff because we're all here to learn it's about learning right i think it's the most most important stuff i learn every day i get immensely i do immensely stupid stuff but i think why i'm still here is, is because i'm i do it and then i fail and then i figure out and learn right there but i completely agree yeah. and you know it's the learning like every time you do a lot of different things that you don't expect that you actually end up doing or just having giving it a go you get the most out of it through different types of learnings whether it's the immediate yeah. feedback or things that you'll realize later i completely agree yes. and i guess like from all in all from our so much again thomas for coming on the podcast today sort of sharing puzzle planet with us and i guess from Consuela and i you know we both love what's going on with the puzzle planet world and we believe that this is like the future of social entrepreneurship incorporating social media those the digital world and cryptocurrency and so connecting that back into real world applications through you know motivating people to change their lifestyle or do some start something new or maintaining what they're doing Mm -hmm. so yeah thank you very much thomas and don't forget to follow effective change and puzzle planner and on social media and of course if you want to directly connect with thomas his so LinkedIn will be below as well in the actual description so yeah thank you very much thomas Thank you so much for having me and it was a great conversation and yeah everybody please reach out if you have any questions it doesn't have to be about positive planet if i said something you think was stupid or interesting then just reach out 